This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you are tired of trying to figure out what to study, if you want to get a better job but your English is holding you back, or if you feel stuck at the same English level and you don't know what to do, then the Academy is for you. When you join the Academy, you will get access to a 365-day English lesson plan created specifically for intermediate and advanced English learners. These 365 days of English lessons will cover English vocabulary, American culture, listening skills, fluency, idioms, expressions, and so much more. You will also be able to join a private community where you can practice what you learn with English learners from all around the world. So join today by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is Teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's episode, you are going to hear a conversation that I had with Teacher Julie. During the conversation, we answered all of your questions about making long sentences, how to remember words and phrases, and we also talked about how to understand different accents. This episode is amazing, and I know that you are going to enjoy the conversation and learn tons about speaking English better and also understanding more accents. Now, before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you about the Weekly English Words membership. That's right, weeklyenglishwords.com. You see, each podcast episode includes tons of new vocabulary words, expressions, and idioms that are used by native English speakers. But you know, as an English learner, it's hard for you to know the correct meanings and how to use the words, expressions, and idioms properly. That's exactly why the Weekly English Words membership was created. As a member, after each podcast episode, you will find an entire section that includes video explanations for more than 25 words and expressions that were used during the episode. As a member, you will also be able to download a PDF that includes the definitions. When I say you won't find this anywhere else on the internet, Trust me, I'm not lying. This is something you need if you want to truly speak English fluently and sound like a native English speaker. So again, you can go to www.weeklyenglishwords.com and start learning more today. Remember, the words and expressions will be heard in this episode and you can learn more about them by going to weeklyenglishwords.com. Now, are you ready for this episode? 
Well then, let's jump right into today's episode. Hey, Julie, how are you? I am great as always. How are you? Good. I'm doing really good too. I had a great breakfast. Uh, it was delicious. So I am ready for us to talk this morning. Um, this morning for this episode, we're going to be talking about students' questions. And we did it a few episodes ago and you and I both know that students have a lot of questions. So uh, we're going to kind of go over five to six questions that I've received and also some that you've received. And hopefully we can help those listening uh, with their questions as they listen to our answers. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, number one, how can I make better English sentences? A very common question. So how would you answer this question? I feel like we get it a lot from our students. Yes, uh, it's a common question. And I think I also get um, kind of goes along with this. I also get people asking, how can I ask better questions, um, mm -hmm. which maybe we can talk a little about later. But I think that uh, to make better sentences, you have to learn a basic sentence structure, first of all, mm -hmm. um, and then add details to it, add different, learn different sentence structures. So like simple sentences, compound sentences, complex sentences, um, but start off with simple sentences that are correct. So learn the correct structure mm -hmm. uh, and then try to add details and information and then try to learn more complex sentence structures as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I would say. Good advice. Good advice. Um, I think for me to answer this question, how to make better English sentences, I always revert back to the five W's. Um, that's what I found helped my students a lot because it's like the simplest way for them to grasp this idea of adding details because I found that sometimes students were like, well, what do I need to talk about? What do I need to add? Like they didn't understand simple things can make a sentence longer um, and make it also more of an advanced sentence. So I think for those listening, if you want to make better sentences, make sure you're giving a lot of information in your sentence. Of course, you want to be concise. So it's kind of like this has to be a healthy balance. Like you need to give enough information and enough details, but you also need to know that you don't want to make a wordy sentence. Um, so yeah. I found that answering the five W's, excuse me, <laughs> answering the five W's really helps. So like, who's the person? What are they doing? Where are they? Why are they doing that? And when was it? And those things, if they're a part of a sentence, the sentence naturally becomes an advanced sentence. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to, Tag it, like tap into what you were talking about earlier as well when you said, how can I ask better questions? You said that your students ask you that sometimes, right? Yes, yes. Um, a lot of times they're asking about question structure, but I think that they're also asking about the content of the questions because um, actually questions are tricky because sometimes it's hard to understand whether you're asking an appropriate or inappropriate question or whether it's too personal mm -hmm. um like sometimes i'm sure people have asked you questions that are not intended to be um inappropriate or personal but they are <laughs> so i think that like understanding what is considered to be acceptable like socially acceptable or polite in English because like we've said before that language and culture go together right they're kind of inseparable mm -hmm. and uh, even if your question is grammatically correct it could be inappropriate yeah. um, or it could be too direct so I think that 
understanding um, what is considered polite and how to ask polite questions in English is uh, really important to asking better questions. And you should also think about the person you're asking questions to um, and whether they would want to answer this question, if that makes sense. So it's not just about like the wording and the structure. Of course, that's important. It's important that your question makes sense, Um, but also the content of your question and whether it will, um, whether it's like off-putting and people will not want to answer it. I think it's important. You know, it's very interesting um, that you mentioned that because it is dependent upon culture. Because I remember when I was in South Korea, so like, I'm assuming it's the same for you all in Canada, but I feel like it's a Western culture thing. You don't ask somebody how old they are. Like, it's not yeah. necessarily a normal question like, hey, what's going on? How are you? How old are you? Like, there's a certain yeah. time where you don't ask. Like, if it's a child, yes, it's not a problem. Um, but once you become an adult, that's not a common question people ask. It's seen as a little bit maybe intrusive or a little impolite, Um, but in Korea, it's normal. And it's normal because their culture is based on like a a hierarchy. If I'm older than you, automatically I treat you differently and you treat me differently. So in order for us to be in line with the culture, I have to know how old you are. But when students try to translate that to English and they're like, teacher, how old are you? I'm like, wait a minute, boo. Like I got to the point where (laughs) I didn't care, but. (laughs) Like when students would ask, like from the very beginning, I'm like, oh, let me explain again. I'm not offended. I'm okay. But in Western culture, you normally don't ask someone how old they are, especially if they're already an adult. And I feel like it's more intrusive and more impolite to ask a female how old she is. I think it's the same in Canada. Yeah, um, I've gotten asked that question so many times, like, how old are you? But I think that the issue with the question is also when you ask someone immediately, like right off the bat, you ask them the question, like as soon as you meet them, like, (laughs) what's your name? How old are you? Um, It comes across as very, it's like a bit rude um, in English. And yeah, especially asking a woman how old she is. Generally, women don't like to talk about their age. And it's something that might come up later naturally in a conversation, in a class, and it's just not necessary to ask right away. As well, like asking people if they're married right away. Like I know that that's, um, I understand that people ask it to try to understand, like I think it's to try to get a better picture of you, like as an individual, like how old are you? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like they're trying to understand, but it comes across as as like nosy and... um, in English. So I think that in addition to understanding culturally appropriate questions um, and polite questions, I think you guys can also kind of create a bank of questions um, that are safe for you to ask. And then you have like go-to questions. So you're not kind of um, fumbling when you're in a social situation or when you're meeting new people, like you kind of already know what you can ask and this comes yeah. this comes with practice yeah. as well like obviously you can't just memorize a list of like 20 questions and <laughs> and just the questions like, but having a good idea of what's okay and what's not okay um will really help with asking better questions very true very true i really think this episode is going to help a lot because i i've seen so many students have issues because of this right here asking the wrong questions at the wrong time so very true very true All right, then let's move to the next question. The next question uh, that came from a student was, 
how can I remember more words and phrases? And I think you and I kind of got into this a little bit in our previous episode, but I guess just as a quick recap, maybe of some of the Mm -hmm. points we made, uh, not to go into too much detail because we talked about it, but how to remember more words and phrases. Um, I, I think I'll add like a slightly different point than what we talked about in the last uh, episode with this. But I think that when it comes to learning in phrase, phrases and words, you should learn things that you hear often. So if you hear things repeatedly, um, like you start to recognize it. So even if I listen to a completely foreign language, like, for example, Arabic, um, what, here in Dubai, the official language is Arabic and I don't speak Arabic and I can't read it, Mm -hmm. but I can start to recognize words and sounds that I hear again and again and again. So even if you have a lower level of English, um, which most of you guys don't, if you're listening to this, at least you'll (laughs) hopefully understand it. Uh, But if you start to hear a lot of words again and again and again, um, this includes slang as well. excuse me like if you hear um slang on tv or or if you read it online then it's worth looking up those those uh, words or phrases because they're obviously um commonly used or popular at that time so regardless they're good to know even if you don't necessarily use the slang um it's just good to understand things that people around you use all the time i think it's really great advice i think it's really great advice i think we'll leave it at that Cause I, I think I was going to say the same thing we said yesterday or the other um episode, <laughs> in the other episode, but yeah, it's a very good point. I think it's a very good point. Um, okay then. So for the next question, then I'll just answer first and then we'll go from there. The next question is how can I practice understanding more accents? And again, in our, I think in our last episode or two episodes ago, we mentioned a little bit about accents. Um, but again, like even being an American, I mean, there are so many different accents and the further south you go, the harder it gets to understand the accents, like they have some thick accents. Um, so how can you practice understanding more accents? Um, my advice um, is again, to listen more, but you need to listen more to people speaking in natural situations. I think I talked about it before too, The news is great, but the newscasters or the anchors, they have perfect diction, perfect pronunciation, which is why they're on television. So you need to kind of get um, videos or podcasts where people are just speaking normally, kind of like in normal conversations. And the more you listen, the better your ear will become in recognizing certain accents and certain ways of speaking. Um, So I think it's better to not stick with one type of accent. For example, um, of course I have an American accent clearly, but I've been told that my accent is more like quote unquote standard. Again, when I'm teaching, when I speak to my friends, things change. Um, But I think if you listen to say, for example, a standard quote unquote American accent or like, uh, and then find one from the Southern states, find another one from like California and like, you know, find videos on YouTube. It's easy to find people like, hey, Californians, just type that in the YouTube uh, search bar or, hey, people from Tennessee or people from Alabama and listen more and more. And I think your ear will get trained and you'll start understanding. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, um, I think that also if you're not sure like where to find things, you can literally type in YouTube American accents. And I'm sure that there will be videos um, 
demonstrating all the different American accents. And there will also be suggested videos, of course. So like if you're you're not sure where to start, you can start off with that. But you can always use uh, TV programs, radio stations, different things. Uh, news, I agree with you that newscasters are almost like actors in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. speak in a very unnatural way. And yeah, news is informative and good for vocabulary, but it's helpful with understanding accents, but not necessarily with your own pronunciation uh, if you are shadowing or if you're repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a matter of listening to different accents. Like if you train your ear, it just becomes it just becomes easier. The first time you hear anything, you don't understand it. And then the more you listen, like I've had uh, students the first day of class, like not understand me at all. And over time, yeah, and pretty slowly. (laughs) Um, But over time, they just became familiar with my accent, my voice, and then it just became easier. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of practice and uh, patience and time. Yeah, good point, good point. All right, Uh, the next question that I got from a student was how can I understand English movies better? I feel like this is a very, um, I guess a general question, but it's kind of like hard to answer simply, but I don't know. How can a student understand English movies better? Do you want to start with that one or? Yeah, um, I think that actually understanding the, first of all, the genre and the storyline of the movie would help. So if you think about it, like if you already kind of know what something is about, I guess it might be a bit of a spoiler if you <laughs> if you read about it. But like if you really want to watch it, like for the purpose of practicing English, um, there's there's many different things you could do. Uh, but one of them is to read a summary or like the yeah. yeah, the summary of the movie. Yeah. And uh, then you kind of already have a background and you're sort of filling in what's happening uh, as yeah. you watch. And uh, I'll give you an example of that. Like I went to the cinema in China mm-hmm. and I was on my own and I I had asked like if the movie would be in English or if there would be subtitles in English. And they said, yes, yes, yes. But it wasn't. So when I <laughs> arrived, um, it was not in English and there was no English subtitles. But anyway, I had the ticket. I had popcorn. Like I just sat there and I'm like, well, I'm here. So I'm yeah. going to watch this now. And uh, I basically tried to guess what was happening and predict what was happening. And I just used my practical skills and my practical thinking. And it wasn't an easy movie. Um, Mm -hmm. It was sucker punch. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a, it was just ridiculous. And (laughs) anyway, I I toughed it out. I stayed there. I watched the whole thing and um, I went away and I rewatched it in English uh-huh. And actually, my predictions were quite accurate. Like I was able wow. to follow the storyline, even though I didn't understand one single word like at all. So yeah. I watched a feature length film in a cinema in a language that I didn't understand even one word. And I was able to follow like, yeah, I followed. I, I would say that my understanding of the story was like 90 percent accurate. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they were saying, but for you guys, like you obviously already understand English. Um, So I think having a knowledge of the story uh, is helpful. As well, you can re-watch it in your own language and then watch it um, again in English. And I've heard that this is very helpful as well. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Yes. Uh, I guess just to add something short to that, uh, visualizing, kind of guessing in your head, which is what you mentioned, like when you're watching a movie, trying to create the story in your head and thinking in your own language to see, okay, this is what's going on. I think this is happening. I remember uh, as you were telling your story, I remember when I was in high school, we took a foreign language trip. We traveled to London, Paris, and Madrid um, over a 10-day period. And when we got to Paris, I mean, the language is French. You know, we're in high school, so we're just kind of turning the TV on and there was a movie on, but it was all completely in French. None of us spoke French, but we all watched that movie. And during the movie, like, I remember them saying, what's happening? And like, we would all kind of like, well, what's happening is the woman told the man that she doesn't love, like, we were making up, <laughs> we were trying to yeah, yeah. guess what was going on. But again, it was still fun and interesting. And like you mentioned, I'm sure that there are parts we missed, but I think the general story, the general idea, we actually did grasp and understand. So yes, uh, I guess it's a lot of guesswork when you're watching movies, guys. Um, you do have kind of a, uh, a head start because you do speak English, actually. But yeah, I think that helps kind of guessing and trying to predict, as you mentioned, Julie, what's going on in the story. So hopefully that helps you guys. Um, all right, we're moving to our last question. I think this is something that you mentioned, Julie, that your students ask you a lot. And I've gotten this question a few times before, but I wanted to know how you answered or responded to your students when they asked you, what's the difference between American English and British English? Uh, it's Yeah, it's a good question. It's a common question. Um, and first of all, different languages have different dialects that where people in the same country don't even understand each other and English is not like that. So uh, generally speaking, English speakers understand each other. Okay, so yeah. if uh, Tiffany and I go to Australia or to the UK or to South Africa, anywhere, um, yeah. we wouldn't have issues communicating. There would be some new vocabulary, some, of course, new slang uh, expressions, which uh, are regional, which yeah. I think is everywhere. Um, so this is one of the main differences is differences in vocabulary, mm -hmm. but this is just mostly slang and some words. It's not a majority of the words. A majority of the words are the same. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one difference. And as well, uh, of course, pronunciation and accents are different. Um, but I always tell my students who ask this question that for me, there's not one that is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of understanding the people in the place where you are. Mm -hmm. So I lived in the UK for a year. And during that time, I used a vocabulary that I didn't use before mm -hmm. uh, because people understood it. And the point was for people to understand me. Yeah. And um, some of the vocabulary stuck with me mm -hmm. and some of it didn't. So I think that it doesn't matter about the accent as long as you understand each other. Um, and a lot of people really believe like one type of English is right and one type of English is wrong. And I think that this is just um, an idea that people have. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, for me, I think it's a myth, but yeah, this is just, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I agree. Um, I think something that's funny is too, like I've had some friends that were from the UK well, no, there was one friend, not my, my other friends from the UK. They have no problem. Like we'll joke around and stuff about like different language, um, I guess, idiosyncrasies. But one guy, he was from the UK and <laughs> he made it his purpose. Like, no, Tiff, British English is better than American English. And I was like, 
I'm not going to tell you not to think that. Like, yeah. I don't really care. Like, but he was just so adamant <laughs> about like, ours is the best. And I'm like, okay, let's go eat lunch. Like, I don't really care. Like, so again, I think there's certain people that think it's better. Certain people think it, they, they don't care. Uh, I'm in the, the camp that does not care. Like, again, like you mentioned, being able to understand each other is the most important thing. So if I speak to a friend from a different country and they speak English, but they have different words, my goal is just to ask like, hey, what does that mean? So I can start using it when I speak with you because you understand that. So yeah, yeah I agree. I agree that no one, no one type of English is better than the other. It's just different. So I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, that was our last question for today. Um, I hope that those listening, I hope you guys enjoyed our answers. Um, Thank you again for your questions. And Julie, thank you for your answers. I appreciate those. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day, on. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to see video explanations for all of the words and expressions that were used in today's episode, all you have to do is join the weekly English Words membership by going to www weeklyenglishwords.com Once again, that's www.weeklyenglishwords.com This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.